Uh, once again, I want to reiterate that this podcast is not intended to be an extremely elaborate or detailed account of any of the events that I cover over the course of the podcast. All it is is supposed to be a crash course in all of the events that took place that I cover. So, if you want to learn more about anything that I cover on this podcast, I almost want to say visit your local library, but I'm not going to say that. But feel free to do your own research. I always encourage that. So, with that being said, enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast where Tanner talks about stuff that happened. I am Tanner, and I'm going to be talking about stuff that happened. And the stuff that happened that we are going to be talking about today are the three German Reichs. We're very familiar with Hitler talking about how Nazi Germany was the Third Reich, the Thousand Year Reich, the Final Reich. But what were the first two Reichs? This was a question that I started asking because I had long heard about how Nazi Germany was the Third Reich, but because I am an extremely curious person, I want to understand everything and why everything is the way that it is, I started asking this question of what was the First Reich, what was the Second Reich, and why was the Third Reich the culmination of the first two Reichs, why is that so important? So I started researching this, figured it would make a great podcast episode. So I started researching, and we have got a great episode ahead of us. So... Let's talk about what a Reich is. Through history, the term Reich is scarcely used on a large scale until the 20th century. For obvious reasons, uh, because when that is when Adolf Hitler makes his appearance on the world stage. Reich does not mean empire, as can commonly be misconceived. Reich, translated to English, means empire, but... Reich is a strictly German term, and an equivocal term does not exist in the English dictionary because Reich alludes specifically to a German nation-state, which is different than the generic definition for an empire. Hitler declared that his new nation would be the third German Reich, even though the two Reichs he alluded to did not give themselves that name. So to understand the magnitude of the establishment of the German Reich, there is about 1,000 years of history that have to be summed up, and that could be done in... Three words, the Holy Roman Empire. Now, unfortunately, the Holy Roman Empire wasn't holy, it wasn't Roman, and it was barely an empire. A brief crash course in the establishment and governance of the Holy Roman Empire goes a little something like this. The Holy Roman Empire is not to be confused with the Roman Empire, which expanded at one point from the British Isles to Egypt to Iraq. As the Roman Empire fractured into the Western Roman Empire and the Eastern Roman Empire, or the Byzantine Empire, the Western Roman Empire fell swiftly in the 5th century AD. Though the Eastern Roman Empire would stick around, at least in name, until the 15th century AD, this was the end of the vast Roman Empire that has gone down in history as one of the greatest world powers of all time. As the Romans left the areas of modern-day France and Germany, then called Gaul, Gallic tribes began to take control of the land again. And after a century, these tribes consolidated and formed a loose state among the Rhine River Valley. In the year 750, they established the Carolingian Dynasty, named for the many rulers who held the name Charles, most notably the Emperor Charlemagne. Yes, that Charlemagne. Why is Charlemagne so famous? Well, because in the 8th century Common Era, Charlemagne, through conquest and diplomacy, took control of most of Gaul into Germany and Italy, where he formed an alliance with the papacy. The papacy accepted this because after the fall of the Roman Empire, the papal territory of central Italy was vulnerable to attack with no central military. An alliance with the Carolingians would give any potential assailants a moment of consideration before proceeding. 
to keep the Carolingians on their side, the Pope proceeded to declare the Carolingian Empire the restored Roman Empire, with Charlemagne on the throne as emperor. But this new Roman Empire was very short-lived. An ancient custom among the Gallic communities was to divide your land among your sons upon your death, and this custom snuck its way through the new ceremonial coronation and bureaucracy. When Charlemagne died, he had only one surviving son to take the throne, Louis the Pious. But when Louis died in 840 Common Era, he left behind three sons who contested succession of the throne. A period of civil war ensued. For three years, until 843 Common Era, when the Treaty of Verdun was signed, the new empire was divided into three segments. Each son governed over one segment. This type of partitioning quickly whittled away at the power of the Carolingians, and by the 10th century CE, their power had given way to another dynasty, the Ottonian dynasty, which gave way to the Salian dynasty. At this point, None of this is extremely important, I'm kind of just giving a crash course on what happened in the Holy Roman Empire. But at this point, the Holy Roman Empire was divided into four kingdoms. The Kingdom of Germany, the Kingdom of Italy, the Kingdom of Bohemia, and the Kingdom of Burgundy. The Zalian dynasty came to an end in 1125, and the Hohenstaufen dynasty began. In the Hohenstaufen dynasty, we start to see the Holy Roman Empire at its height, and also the reasons it began to decline. During this dynasty, the empire became a collection of territories, each ruled and governed separately, though all were subject to the overall rule of an emperor. There were dozens, if not hundreds, of these small territories in the empire, and this created tribalism in the empire, leading to nationalism. No central German state existed, but many of these small territories did. This created a feeling of uniqueness among the inhabitants. I could go on for another half hour about the Holy Roman Empire through the Middle Ages, but what you need to know is this sense of nationalism that overtook the Germanic peoples during the Hohenstaufen dynasty, which lasted until the 13th century CE, had effects lasting far longer than just the Middle Ages. The Holy Roman Empire went into decline in the 15th century CE, and by the 18th century, it could hardly be considered an empire at all. The empire was officially dissolved in 1806 as Napoleon expanded French territories and protectorates to Bavaria, Baden-Württemberg, the Netherlands, and Naples, and by the time Otto von Bismarck came around in 1871 and unified the loose network of states left in the wake of the Holy Roman Empire's collapse and the decentralized German Confederation, both were shells of their former selves, particularly following the Franco-Prussian War in 1870, even though the Prussian forces were victorious. So that's a lot to take in really quick. Not a lot of that is extremely pivotal information that you will need to know to understand the Reich, but I figured I would give you a crash course in history of the Holy Roman Empire because we, it will come back into play uh, toward the end of the podcast. So, in 1871, Otto von Bismarck unified these fractured territories to create the first German Empire. The fractured territories I'm referring to are what remained of the Holy Roman Empire that had not been uh taken up by Napoleon, and the German Confederation, which was made up of Prussia and several smaller states. This unification created a state that encompassed most of modern-day Germany, while also including Prussia, becoming an imposing presence in a world that was witnessing the rise of the modern superpower, along with France, Russia, Austria, Hungary, and Britain. 
I would include the Ottoman Empire in this, but at the time, the Ottoman Empire was known as the sick man of Europe. And I may do an episode about that terminology eventually. But with this new united power, the German government created an expansive rail network, the world's strongest army, and a remarkably fast-growing industrial base, even nabbing a few colonies in the process. The German state was on the rise, and it was here to party. This is what Hitler considered to be a German Reich. Then came World War I. I did an episode on the assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and if you're unfamiliar with the consequences of the assassination and the repercussions of said assassination, I recommend giving that episode a quick listen. Basically, as a crash course, the assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand ignited the geopolitical powder keg that was Europe, and the entire continent descended into war, eventually consuming the entire planet. This war resulted in the defeat of the central powers, including Germany, Austria-Hungary, Bulgaria, and the Ottoman Empire. The Germans were forced to pay reparations of $33 billion, which would equate to $565 trillion today, an amount that no nation would be able to pay. In fact, Germany didn't make its last payment from the 1919 Treaty of Versailles until October of 2010, almost a century later. Following the war and the German Revolution of 1919, the Weimar Republic took charge in Germany. During the period between 1871 and 1919, the German Empire existed as a constitutional monarchy, but under the new constitution in 1919, the German Empire remained as an empire, but the government was replaced by a republic. This republic is what is considered in contemporary terms to be the Second Reich. There's not much to say about the Weimar Republic other than the ruling period of 14 years was plagued by hyperinflation, political extremism, and tensions with the former enemies of the First World War. The Great Depression hit Germany particularly hard, and they were under crippling economic pressure, and this led to the rebirth of the German nationalism that we saw during the height of the Holy Roman Empire. The German people had felt belittled for over a decade, and they'd had enough. This is when we see the rise of the Nationalist Socialist Workers' Party in Germany, better known as the Nazi Party. The Nazi Party was originally the German Workers' Party in 1919 and 1920, and the party gained traction after fighting against the communist uprisings in the country which followed the First World War. In the period between the First World War and the Second World War, the Nazi Party shifted its focus away from anti-communism and became anti-big business, anti-bourgeois, and anti-capitalist. As the Great Depression came in full swing, the Nazi Party, now with Adolf Hitler at the head, shifted their rhetoric away from these anti-capitalist sentiments toward racist and anti-Semitic platforms, which they are most remembered for today. The Nazis favored pseudoscientific racist theories and a German nationalist master race, known as the Aryan race, a concept that had existed for many years, but the Nazis used it as a rallying cry in the devastated ruins of the German Empire. As the Nazis took power in 1933, with Hitler being made Chancellor of the Empire and establishing a totalitarian regime, they declared that they would establish racial purity with eugenics, sweeping social welfare programs, and a collective subordination of individual rights for the good of the state as a whole. At the onset of World War II, 
Hitler set his plan to create a Third Reich into action, invading Poland, followed by Czechoslovakia, Austria, Norway, Denmark, Belgium, and the Netherlands, France, and the Soviet Union, among others. In 1942, the German occupation, allied with Italy, expanded to hold most of Europe, with the exception of Spain and Switzerland. At this time, the Nazi regime committed one of the most heinous acts in history, the Holocaust. Due to their desire to create a German-Aryan master race, which they believed to be genetically superior, the Nazis began to systematically exterminate Jews, Romani, Slavs, homosexuals, physically and mentally handicapped, Poles, Gypsies, and other minorities. At this point, Hitler was referring to Nazi Germany as the Third Reich, or the Thousand Year Reich. While in contemporary terms we see the German Empire, the Weimar Republic, and Nazi Germany as the three governments that fit into the classification of the German Reich, Hitler held a lot of disdain for the Weimar Republic and disavowed it as a Reich, adopting instead the history of the Holy Roman Empire as the first official Reich. If you remember, the Holy Roman Empire began in the area of France, not Germany, and was not under a unified German government, as the term Reich implies. So why did Hitler choose to name the Holy Roman Empire as the First Reich? Well, the Nazi party certifiably brainwashed the German public, and it is backed up with a lot of evidence. One of Hitler's first orders was to eliminate the free press and only allow newspapers sympathetic to the Nationalist Socialist Workers' Party to continue printing. In the later 1930s, Nazi Germany encouraged citizens to report one another for speaking ill of the party, and early concentration camps were filled up with German civilians reported for petty gossip, which eliminated the freedom of speech. Any free thinkers eventually fled the country or were exterminated in secret. Hitler and the Nazi party created a monopoly on the flow of information in the country and consequently could make history whatever he wanted it to be. When he disavowed the Weimar Republic, he glanced at the history of the Holy Roman Empire and liked the sound of it. Originally, the empire was under the rule of one man, the emperor. And if you're familiar with Hitler's mindset, he would like the sound of that. The Holy Roman Empire was a weak confederation of hundreds of tiny kingdoms and rarely held any real central power, but the idea of a historic union of Germanic people was useful in Hitler's rhetoric in establishing extreme German nationalism. Though the Holy Roman Empire did not fit into the definition of the German Reich, Hitler named the Holy Roman Empire as the First Reich, the German Empire as the Second Reich, and Nazi Germany as the Third Reich the Greater Germanic Reich, or the Thousand-Year Reich. Well, obviously, it didn't last a thousand years. It barely lasted ten. During the Second World War, Hitler overextended his supply lines, became overambitious, and made a lot of powerful enemies that eventually led to the fall of Nazi Germany, spelling the end of the Third Reich. Since 1945 and the end of the Second World War, the term has not been widely used and is no longer an official term used in German government. While some terms used by Nazi Germany have taken on a negative connotation, such as Führer or Heil, Reich did not take on that type of connotation and is still used to describe German imperialism or nationalism in politics. Hitler saw the three Reichs as the Holy Roman Empire, the German Empire, and Nazi Germany. While contemporary sources consider the three governments that fit into the classifications of Reich to be the German Empire, the Weimar Republic, and Nazi Germany. 
And that's the definition of the three Reichs. Thank you for tuning in to Tanner Talks About Stuff That Happened, the podcast where Tanner talks about stuff that happened. I'm Tanner, and I've been talking about stuff that happened today. This was a fun episode. I really enjoyed learning about the three German Reichs, why they existed, and what exactly they were. So thank you all for tuning in with me today. Uh, I'll be back next week with another episode as we continue this crazy quarantine going on in the world. I hope it wraps up sooner rather than later. Just my opinion. All right. This is Tanner talking about stuff that happened, and I am signing off.